Welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at the Institute and your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode kicks off a series on the future of remote work and what it might mean for businesses, communities, and policymakers in Delaware. We have several episodes in store for you, and we'll also point you to articles we're preparing on the current and future outlook for remote work. So with that, I want to introduce Colin Willard, a public administration fellow with IPA who's been working on these articles. Colin, what are the key takeaways so far? Thanks, Troy. Well, remote work has become a regular practice for millions of Americans in the past year, and it's likely to become an even bigger part of our reality in the future. Survey data throughout the pandemic suggests that both workers and executives think that remote work has gone smoothly so far, and workers want to continue working remotely even after the pandemic. Executives are also making lasting changes to their businesses to reflect this new practice. Still, though, I think the key word is uncertainty. It's not clear at this point exactly which long-run changes are in store for particular industries, workers, and communities. Thanks, Colin. Uncertainty does really seem to be the key word. We hope to shed light on what we know so far and kick off a conversation in Delaware to make this emerging reality work well for all of us. We hope you tune in for the conversations and the articles we post. Our first episode in the series presents my November 12, 2020 interview with Sarah Ruffcorn, the president of Trinity Logistics, a freight brokerage company based in Seaford, Delaware and operating nationally and internationally. We talked about how she and her team have been adjusting to the remote work environment the strategies they've used to maintain a workplace culture, and what key management lessons she and her team have learned. Let's get to the conversation. Sarah, thanks for joining today. I appreciate you taking time. Thank you, Troy, for having me. I appreciate it. Wanted to talk uh, about remote work. And before we dive into that discussion, could you tell listeners enough about what Trinity does so they kind of understand what the day-to-day is and what you're trying to accomplish? Absolutely. So here at Trinity Logistics, we are a 3PL. We plan and route freight all over the country and um, even internationally. We have been in business for well over 40 years um, and are actually now a part of the Burris Logistics Company, which has been in business over 90 years. So we have a lot of experience across the company um, in, in transportation and supply chain management. So yeah, we're excited to launch into this world of remote work, although we've actually been doing it for a little while. So yeah, I'm excited to share our experiences with this. I kind of have a memory that March 12th was the day that I was told not to come back to the office for a while. And maybe it was close to that date for for a lot of organizations. But you said you were kind of, you had been doing it for a little bit. So I'm curious what that like, go home message looked like, how it was delivered and how in whole kind of how did, how well positioned were you to make that transition? Yeah. So we have had some positions for the last several years, be a hundred percent remote. And we've also had some telecommuting positions as well. So some of our admin functions, billing, you know, certain positions we've said, you know, Let's take a look at each position individually and see 
Um, where does this model work well? And where do we need a lot, a high level of collaboration? You know, through the years, we've kind of looked at these different positions to say, where does this make sense? Although now that we've kind of launched into this new world, we've had to even take a really harder and deeper look at that than we've ever had before, just like many organizations have had. But I will say that we spent a lot of time through the last, I would say, 10 years setting up for disaster preparedness plans. And through all of our planning over the last you know, seven or so years, preparing for potential hurricanes. I remember one hurricane that came through several years ago when we actually flew a group out to Kansas City and sent everybody else home to work. You know, So we've had different um, kind of mini instances, if you will, to kind of practice um, what that, that, that 100% remote for workforce looks like and, and have spent a lot of time and effort and energy planning for those types of events. And so you're preparing for disasters over the last 10 years. Were pandemics part of that preparation package? No. <laughs> no. Join the crowd. That then. never <laughs> crossed our minds of all the things yeah. that we, you know, had disaster recovery or prep on. That was never one that we prepared for. So, yeah. So we were definitely with everybody else in that, in that mode. <laughs> you were primed to be remote to some degree with those disaster preparedness plans in place, but what were the things the pandemic brought that you weren't prepared for when it came to going remote? So uh, a few things. One is typically with a storm, um, hurricane type of thing, you usually have a couple days of prep. We felt like with this event, it was very much overnight. It, it went from, okay, this the numbers are going up to the next day saying, oh my goodness, schools are shutting down. It was just incredibly fast. And so for us to very quickly flip into gear and put together a rollout plan for everyone to go remote, to be able to get set up at home. Our phone systems, of course, as you can imagine, are very important to us (laughs) in our line of business. So it's basically phones and computers, you know, to to do our job. And so in order to do that, we put together a rollout plan of which we were going to have everybody home within two weeks. That ended up turning into four days as we rolled people out. And so some of the lessons that I think that we learned through that was just ensuring that we always have enough equipment on hand, you know, that we've got enough monitors, for instance, on hand, those kinds of things. It was very much how can we kind of pick up our current workstations and move it and have everything work correctly. Phone system routings, our internet, you know, does everybody even have internet at home? That was like a whole, whole thing. Um, you know, and do we need to get some of the Verizon sticks or whatever kind of, you know, phone system sticks that we could for people to connect to the internet. And so there were some things that we learned through that, you know, for future events of just keeping record of, of those types of things. So we know how to quicker plan for those things, but It was very, um, you know, for the most part, in fact, I was on a call earlier today with several of our team members and just doing what we call a coffee chat and just kind of saying, okay, how things are going for you. And this is a group of six people across the company, across different states. Most of them were all remote except for one was in the office in one of our Texas office. And it was just so interesting to get their perspective on how things have been going. And, and one of them actually commented just on that. They're like, the rollout plan was so smooth. 
I don't think anyone from a carrier or a shipper would have ever known whether we were in the office or at home because of how smoothly that was able to go. And I was like, man, that is really great to hear, you know, (laughs) because from our side, we saw things going well from a, you know, reporting and systems perspective, but they're all the time listening to our shippers and our carriers. And so for them to say that was just really meaningful that the, we had things kind of lined up correctly to do that well. So I want to go off the coffee chat that you mentioned and, you know, reflect back on you were somewhat well-prepared because you had people working remotely in telecommuting, but you also said those were people that tended to be in low collaboration jobs. And now you've got this incredible adjustment happening, (laughs) you know, as you said, high collaboration activity to figure out how are we going to be the best partner we can be to our carriers. How have you been working on maintaining uh, collaboration for people that are newly remote or remote more often now? When you might have got in front of a whiteboard or whatever your preferred method is yeah. before, what's that look like now? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something I feel like we're still figuring out. I don't know that we have all the right answers there. We're just trying a bunch of things. So Microsoft Teams has been, we hardly used it before, especially in our executive team. Like we hardly used Teams. And of course, that became our instant best friend as far as calling, videoing, messaging. We learned that tool really quickly and how to use it effectively. So one of the things, you know, it was funny, actually, the first couple of weeks, it's like you still call everybody on your phone like you used to do. And then a couple of weeks in, all of a sudden people start video calling you and you're like, oh my goodness, I've got to be on a video. And like, I don't know that I'm prepared for that today. You know, <laughs> so I think a lot of people went through that adjustment too. So now what we're doing is we're saying, okay, how can we kind of take the best of both worlds? So we're trying to create some really intentional interaction across the network. So before we would go to our different regional service centers and visit and do a quarterly update and do a quarterly town hall. And here's where we're at on our initiatives for the year. And then, you know, also get into small groups and get feedback and and find out what's happening at the local level. Well, now we haven't traveled to the regional service centers. And so, and, and we would do regular coffee chats or, you know, swinging by um, people's desk, you know, here in Delaware or meeting in the hallway and just having a casual conversation. So how can we reinvent how we interact? And so one of the things that we've decided to do is a couple times a week getting together these, you know, very random groups of people across our company and just asking them, how is it going in your world? And oh, by the way, have you met so-and-so that works out of our Kansas City office? And you have you met so-and-so out of Texas? And so, you know, it's been super interesting for people to interact in this really intentional way in a very, um, you know, it's not a meeting, you know, it's, it's all about feedback and it's all about what's going on in your world. And it's collaborating across the network on how things are going and allowing even myself to get feedback from one on what's happening at that local level, but doing that across the network in a different, in a different way than we were doing before. And I, I really like it. And I think the team really likes it. I've gotten very good feedback on that. So we'll continue to do things like that. Um, we did do a scavenger hunt for, <laughs> for just some team interaction because, you know, we like to do uh, different fun events for people to get to know each other. And so we've done things like scavenger hunts. We've done ways where people can still support our troops and and send boxes overseas where people can at least be a part of something while it 
albeit remote, can still feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves, even though they're out of their home. And so creating these intentional collaboration moments, you know, as best as we possibly can. And like I said, we're trying things. Yeah, I know on our, my end, uh, we used to have a lot of meetings in the hallway that weren't planned. uh, And the hallways were always busy and loud. And it's been a struggle to not just add additional meetings to coordinate intentionally, Mm -hmm. but actually have these kind of, we're going to get together. We don't really know why, but we need to connect (laughs) uh, and, and figure out what's going on in everybody's world. And that has been a struggle. I'm glad to hear you're experimenting and learning what what works on your end. You know, you mentioned there's few people who had been working remote. What does it look like now? What's the rough percentage of who's mostly remote or all remote? Yeah. So all of our um, support teams, for the most part, are all remote still. There are some people who are who are coming into the office, but very few. I would say probably 90% of our technology HR and admin, if we take that whole group and put them together, there's probably about 90% um, or so remote still. And then we've spaced out um, using that, using the space that we have, the sales and operational teams are coming into the office. And depending on location, that looks a little bit different. So we've had certain spikes happen, you know, in certain states. And so we've had to send them back out remote some of those offices again for a couple of weeks, and then we'll reevaluate. And so that's how we're managing it. We have another office that's doing a rotation where they've got half of the people in the office one week, half of the people in the office the next week. We have another office who's doing three days and two days with with everyone on the team. So trying to figure out what's best again at that local level. But for the most part, our sales and operational teams, highly collaborative groups, really depend on each other. Um, And so a lot of them have come back into the office. So here in Delaware, in the corporate office, we're running about, I'd say 50% or so into the office on some kind of schedule throughout a week. Um, Some days, of course, it's lower and then other days it's a little bit higher, but probably right around 50%. And are you still onboarding people or have you been onboarding people these last eight months? We have been still onboarding people. Yes. What kind of special attention has that taken? What's that look like? A lot of video. <laughs> a lot of video calls. <laughs> We've had to get really good. I was talking to our director of education yesterday and she's like, one thing that this has done has made me much better at virtual learning, you know? And I think just like our teachers are learning how to do that on the fly, we have regional service centers. So again, virtual learning is not a new concept to us, but to the level that we're doing it now is much different than we were doing that before. And so we've had to take things such as our onboarding and our orientation and, and transition that to being all online, still mixing in you know, that um, shadow time, but sometimes that's had to happen via, you know, via Teams, so video calls. So that's been a really interesting challenge. You know, we rolled out completely new computer component um, in our operating system, all virtual. And, and before we would have thought that would have been impossible to do. You know, we would have absolutely said everybody has to be on site and, and we were able to do that all virtually. So it's just forced and kind of increased the level of what we can do and what we're, you know, what we feel like is effective is, is changed. 
And how much of that did you have to kind of figure out for yourselves, like use your ingenuity on staff versus find other examples of organizations that were doing it well and say, we can make that happen too? What did that look like? Yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely read a lot of articles on what are people doing? You know, how are people handling this? What can we do? But honestly, I just go back to us trying things. You know, let's try it. Let's let's try one pilot group on this new technology system platform and let's see how that goes, you know, and then and then let's measure and, and navigate from there. A lot of it has just been, you know what? Let's try it. Let's let's see what happens. And and that feels sometimes when you can break it down into that and it's not this way, you know, it doesn't have to be virtual forever, but let's just try it virtual for now and let's see how it goes much easier for people to kind of swallow. And people have been stepping up to say, you know, we're going to, we're going to tweak the way that we we're doing this or that, because I think that that will be better, you know? And so everybody's kind of bought into just trying to be successful and to make it work. And when you've got a team that's willing to just do whatever it takes to make it work, those things tend to work well. <laughs> so if everybody's willing to learn and kind of go along for the ride and, and, you know, feel their way through things because you just don't really know what's going to happen. You know, that's a pretty cool place to be in. People get really creative with how to solve problems. So on that virtual forever versus virtual for now piece, and I guess I'll ask you to speculate a little bit on how permanent a part of Trinity's future is this remote work experiment and using virtual tools in the ways you're using them now. Yeah, so that's been a lot of discussion that we've been having for sure. I will say that as we look at, again, each of the roles and the responsibilities and how effectively the work is or isn't getting done, I think we'll determine a lot of those things. But I will say that technology teams and the admin team specifically, when you're in that individual contributor role and you're doing you're doing a really great job at making those things happen, then, you know, I think some of those jobs can be remote. We've hired a couple of admin positions specifically to say this can, you can be based anywhere. (laughs) We just want the best claims rep that we can possibly find and take the borders off. And that has been incredibly successful for us. So we've hired a couple of positions that we essentially set out to say, this will be permanently remote. Since I have one of my sons sitting on the floor next to me as I'm talking to you, I'll ask, like, how, how have you been dealing with uh, work-life balance for people? How, what kind of programs have you put in place or discussions or people having or what's that looked like at Trinity? Yeah, we've had to be very flexible as, you know, as everybody has. And to really make sure that people are taking care of the things that they need to take care of, you know, personally you know, as well as professionally. But, you know, I will say that I think it's super important for people to be as effective as possible, that they have the flexibility to do what they need to do. And so, you know, as long as the results are happening and the goals are being met, it doesn't matter if you're some of these positions, it doesn't matter if you're doing it at 6am or 6pm or, you know, or 10 o'clock, you know, at night, it doesn't matter. And so you know, depending on the role, of course, but that's been, I think, incredibly helpful. And I've heard from several of our team members, just how thankful they are to be able to work in that flexible kind of way. 
because, you know, I think if we took a really rigid approach on that, I don't think that would go well at all. And I wouldn't want that. And I wouldn't want my team to have to do that. And so I think it's, let's, and we've said this several times here at Trinity is let's make sure that people are in the best spot to be as successful as possible, whatever that looks like, whether that's in the office, whether that's at home, whether that's a combination of the two. Let's let every person really put themselves in the best, most successful position. So you kind of probably already had a very results-oriented culture, I would imagine, or you had clear like measures of what success was. It wasn't that you suddenly had to define it and say, Correct. we're going to track your every yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. The reporting hasn't changed from whether we were in the office or out of the office. The, the transparency of how individuals are doing, you know, individually or as a team or as a company, we've definitely increased our communication significantly from a company perspective, because, well, we were giving those updates every month in the, in the new environment where everyone was suddenly shifted into the unknown. It was really important um, for us to communicate clearly and often. And so um, we started doing weekly videos every week of how we are doing as the company, where we're tracking to goal for the month, you know, where our volumes stand, really stepped up our game significantly on the communication front. And looking kind of at your game as a leader at Trinity, I mean, where were you really stressed as a leader throughout this? And, you know, what kind of lessons are you learning about how you're going to approach your job when we hopefully get to that magical new normal? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the biggest stressors were you just didn't know what was going to happen next, navigating the unknown, and at the same time, forging forward. And so that was, if I have to go back and say, oh my goodness, what was the most stressful moments, you know, through the last few months as a leader, you know, it's definitely that. And just all the things that go along with that, right? I mean, there were team members that I know were really worried because, you know, they had family members being laid off from their jobs and they had, you know, these things happening personally to them that, you know, coming to our team and saying, okay, team, here's where we're at. Here's where we're trending. We've got to, you know, really continue to service our carriers and our shippers as best as we possibly can through this time. And, and thank goodness we were able to do that really well. So, yeah, I mean, I would say the most stressful moments were just were those times, you know, um, and, and I don't know, you know, we don't know what's going to come next. And I think that's been, I don't know if I would say the new normal, but I think the new normal is just expecting change <laughs> and being able to get a lot of feedback from your team on what, you know, what's happening and at the ground level and how can we adjust and continuing to stay close to the business and with our, with our shippers and our carriers. I think if I've learned anything through this time, it's, it's that. And, and, you know, the carriers have had a really rough time, you know, through this, especially at the beginning of this. And so there were a lot of phone calls made. I noticed some of our, our key carrier relationships, you know, to say, just thank you for keeping things moving because they're just, we couldn't do it without them. You know, we really couldn't. And so showing that appreciation, I think, through these times, just shined the light that we need to be doing that all the time, not just in really tough times, right? So there are definitely some key takeaways through this that said, you know, let's let's not stop doing this. Let's keep doing this. We need to, we need to show appreciation more. That's been a really cool shift, I think, in our strategic direction, just to up our game 
on that front. I think we were definitely doing it, but I think we can continue to improve and be better at that. Well, I really appreciate you taking time today, Sarah, and talking us through, you know, the remote work experiment at Trinity and what the future might hold. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Troy. It's been great talking with you. Have a great one. Visit trinitylogistics.com for more information on Sarah and the Trinity team. For more on this series on the future of remote work, consult the show notes and look out for articles posted on the website of the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration, ipa.udel.edu. Thanks again for tuning in to First State Insights. Reach out with any comments and be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. I hope you'll join us again soon.